Live from the foothills of the Blue Ridge Mountains, welcome to the Eggman Radio Addiction. And now stepping up to the microphone, the living radio legend, the Eggman, Ron James. Yes, 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 yes. What's going on, radio fans, podcast listeners all around the planet? Eggman Ron James here. Good morning to you. It is a Friday. It is a July 2nd. When you hear this somewhere around the world, you'll be uh, listening and go, oh, man, you'll make a relationship to the date. You'll understand the concept of when you do a podcast and the shelf life of it. By the time you get it and listen to it, so it's hard to program because you're not really live. You're kind of live, you know, because the first people that hear this are as soon as you, you know, put it up and it goes live out some places. But the reality is that most people download a podcast within 30 days of it being put up, at least according to my stats from what I can see. And I would imagine it's the same. It's just a lot more for people like Joe Rogan, who is our headline today on this uh, Friday Joe Rogan, too big to cancel. What do you think of that? He's now one of the most consumed media products on the planet. His Spotify deal was estimated at $100 million, and he uh, speaks to the allure of making audience feel they're in on something. Something subversive. Yeah. The other comics called him Little Ball of anger semi-affectionately uh, never to his face because he's not somebody you want to say something to his face to and not be able to get out of the room a man flammable by bearing and branding it seemed with his taekwondo muscles and a scorching conviction that the bible had some holes i don't even get that noah was 600 years old and a drunk joe rogan i see now joe rogan told his los angeles crowds ah you hear that no mouth exercises before the show no i i i test one two three okay noah was 600 years old and a drunk joe rogan told i can't still can't say joe rogan it's something caught in there something hanging down in the throat like the tonsils swollen or something <clears throat> should have had him out when i was 12 joe rogan told his los angeles crowd some two decades back in one favorite bit about the implausibility of the scriptural arc then he'd spar afterward with a waitress who was raised catholic and mindful of divine wrath Stand back, Eleanor Kerrigan, the comedy store waitress who became a comedian herself, would say to Mr. Rogan, blessing herself as he left the stage, you're going to burst into flames. It's not sacrilegious, Mr. Rogan protested, according to Miss Kerrigan. You're not hearing what I'm saying. Now, for better or worse, many millions of people are hearing what Joe Rogan is saying. He's still not sure they're always getting the joke. But he hasn't burst into flames as far as I know yet, right? He's an interesting he's an interesting person, I mean, on, on to listen to. And it's funny because sometimes my ten years of wisdom over his, because I'm like about ten years older than him, 
I, I hear it. I feel it, you know, and in some things that he says, they, they have that, wow, he doesn't really know that yet. Or the fact that he doesn't believe that is interesting to me. But yet we think a lot alike in so many ways, but there is that slight little bit of, I think, leftover Hollywood, you know, because you had a taste of that with your TV show. So you're kind of not quite totally ready to commit to knowing that really the right and the Trump kind of stuff is really where we need to be in this country. And and he can't really go there because even though the article and the whole thing about today's story is that Joe Rogan is too big to cancel, is he really? I mean, if he really came out in support of Trump and in support of the right, in support of the wall, and in support of uh, funding the police back up, you know, would they destroy him? Or like the article says, is Joe Rogan too big to cancel? It's interesting. And if you've not watched the Joe Rogan show on a regular basis, like I have, regular basis like I have, Joe does shows that are basically crazy sometimes. They get high. They do drugs. I mean, hallucinogenics. He's a known hallucinogenic, alcohol drinking, pot smoking on the air guy. And yet he gets away with it like nothing. And... I think in that case, he's too big to cancel that the, the, the people, the anti-drug or the anti-this or the anti-that, you know, now you start messing with gays and you start messing with minorities and, and, and whatnot, you know, it's like a, that's your true test, you know, or you start being just pro-white in this environment and you better put on your, uh, you better put on your crash helmet because the woke cancel culture cancel culture morons are coming after you. They just are. They just are. Now, uh, for better or worse, many millions of people are hearing what Joe Rogan is saying, and he's still not sure they're always getting the joke, but he's yet to burst into flames on the air. Now, they keep going back to the burst into the flames thing. I think that's extreme. Whoever wrote this, it's like, come on. Really? Rogan's 53, so yeah, I'm almost 10 years older. He's one of the most consumed media products on the planet with the power to shape, test politics, medical decisions, a fact well known to legions of men under 40, nonsensical to the many Rogan unaware over 50 and befuddling by his own admission to the man himself, his podcast, The Joe Rogan Experience. Hmm. Effectively a series of wondering conversations over whiskey and weed. We'll be back. Forbes magazine selected Corona Cigar Company as the best of the web. And Cigar Aficionado magazine described Corona Cigar Company as the largest best stock cigar shops in America. Here's the founder of Corona Cigar Company, Jeff Borsowitz. We created Corona Cigar Company's retail stores and cigar bars so you and your friends could relax and enjoy the ultimate cigar experience. And we've created our website so you can shop online as well. 
It's easy to remember, coronacigar.com. We feature thousands of name brand cigars and accessories at discount prices. Check out our exclusive line of cigars, including Avo Lounge, CAOS Caparate, Cielo, Florida Cielo, Cost Cutter Bundles, Ranchero, and Corona Nicaraguan Cigars, just to name a few. And your satisfaction is guaranteed or your money back. Be sure and join our email list for the latest cigar deals and event info. It's the best spam on the web. So save time and money and visit coronacigar.com. Welcome back, Eggman Radio Addiction Program. What's up on a Friday, July 2nd, 2021? So the comedian Joe Rogan being called out and questioned by the fact that is he too big to cancel because uh, just before this came out, I was thinking the exact same thing. In fact, I may have said it on my show. I may have said it on this show. If you go back and listen to the archives, I've done a few shows on Joe Rogan, and I think I even brought it up. Is he too big to cancel? And we'll find out when he steps on certain topics. He opens up the door to those topics, and then they come after him. It'll be interesting to see because um, he's he critiques cancel culture, and he kind of goes after that. And uh, I think he said, like, straight white men are not allowed to talk amid society's growing wokeness. It's said to have essentially canceled comedian Carlos Mencia as it detailed in a profile on the podcast for the New York Times. This was a couple of weeks ago. The article, which mentions everything from Rogan's seven-season stint on Fear Factor to the comedian's thoughts on wokeness, discussed the infamous joke-stealing incident between Rogan and comic Carlos Mencia, the incident in which he accused the mind of Mencia star of stealing jokes. And that's a big thing in the comedy world. But small time compared to what Joe Rogan may be up against here, um, stepping on and talking about some of these topics that, and like I said, the further he moves to the right, I believe, the more he is going to get in trouble. The second story of today is the Bill Cosby uh, release from prison thing. Bill Cosby is celebrating freedom with pizza. God, can't talk. With pizza and plans to get back on stage. Bill Cosby celebrated his newfound freedom a couple of days ago with a massive feast and now looks forward to telling his story on stages across the country. Man, what is that story going to be? Is he going to like defend himself on stage? going to talk about How's he going to explain taking something, 60-something women that accused him of taking him back to his hotel room or apartment or whatever and drugging them and having sex with them? I mean, it ain't right. And I'm sorry. I mean, it's like, and, and, and you're going to tell me that all these women are lying? You know, I just find it hard to believe. I think it's easier to believe that uh, Bill Cosby is a sick, twisted man who has, uh, I think it's called uh, narcophilia or something like that. There's pedophilia. There's uh, 
um, what is it, uh, necrophilia for dead people. But I think there's like a narcophilia or something like that. And he's obviously inflicted with that because if you like to have sex with women that are passed out, you know, they may as well be dead. So the whole thing is just weird. But uh, yeah, so Bill Cosby, the 83-year-old disgraced comedian, learned about his uh, Pennsylvania High Court ruling overturning his sexual assault conviction. Overturning his sexual assault conviction. I will just repeat myself. Man, if I can't put the words out, I need to have myself checked, man. Darn. I'm having a stroke live on the air. That's not funny. And, um, yes, yeah, so the high court ruling overturned in his sexual assault conviction, and he learned this from other inmates in prison. And uh, he's excited, of course, when he found out the news. Inmates were knocking on the walls and the cell, and uh, Bill, you're, you're free, Bill. You're free. And Bill said he didn't know what was going on. So, but then, you know, and Bill gets out, and you notice how calm and relaxed and kind of zen he is, you know, after the prison stay. I mean, 83 years old, how happy he must be, I guess, regardless of whether he committed uh, these crimes against these women or not, you know, I guess he's glad to have his life back and to have a few years left. If you're 83, how many years do you really have left? So, you know, I understand that part of it, but man, the whole thing is really strange how that technicality came across and what these uh, victims must feel like after they felt like they got what, you know, that Bill got what he deserved to be in prison, even at that age. Because, you know, that was the whole thing. We're going to send an 83-year-old man to prison for drugging women, having sex with them? And the answer was yes, they did. But now, a stunning turn of events, right? Really strange. And it really opens the door to that kind of technicality thing. And it is part of the Constitution. In fact, I saw a lot of your talking heads on TV that you could tell they were basically personally disgusted with the fact that Bill Cosby got out of prison for what he did to those women. But at the same time, the legal side of it, and that's hard to separate, especially in sex crimes. It's very difficult to separate the legal aspect of it from the fact that it's a terrible sex crime, that it's a, that it's a crime against a woman or a crime against a child or whatever it is. It, it, it's, um, you know, the legal aspect of it still has to be the legal aspect of it, but it's not all the time. And, it's, it's, and that's one of the first times I've seen something like that come down in a crime like that. Usually it leans way in favor of the prosecution no matter what because it was either a child or a rape or whatever it is. And so the bias in the media is so strong and the bias in, in, in the general public is so strong that you know, it tinges the fairness of the trial. You see it where they'll take somebody who's on trial for something like that and they'll look for the worst picture they can find of him. And, you know, and, 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 and everybody's disgusted by it and all that just like layers on top of layer on top of layer. And you're basically convicted by the general public before you even go to court. Hey, you! We'll be right back. Eggman Radio Addiction Program. The email, radioaddiction at mail.com. Radioaddiction at mail.com. Hit me up. 
November 1802, John Jameson found himself stranded in the unforgiving forest of Karna with an injured horse, a cart of his famous whiskey, and a pack of wolves even less forgiving than the aforementioned forest. Smoke billowed from the beast's nostrils as they closed in. Jameson was reluctant, but with his whiskey threatened, he had no choice. He took his dagger and plunged it right into a Kilkenny apple, using the slices to train that pack of wolves into a world-class dog sled team. The whiskey was saved, his horse recovered nicely, and Jameson even made it home in time for a lamb dinner. Where have you been? Your dinner's cold. But just as he feared, his wife saw the wolves and insisted they keep them. Old Jameson could be seen walking those wolves around Dublin for the rest of his days. Even though she promised they'd be her responsibility. Today's adventure brought to you by Jameson Irish Whiskey. Taste above all else. Taste responsibly. 40% alcohol by volume. Imported by the John Jameson Import Company. Purchased New York. I noticed in... uh, Spell check that podcaster, you know, shows it with a hyphen in it. Isn't that word like become common word now that it should just be one word, podcaster, when without a hyphen, right? I mean, pod hyphen caster. Is it doomed to be that way forever? Aren't some words some words that should be combined? I don't know what am I talking about. That uh, yeah, I noticed that. It's just strange. But uh, yes, the next story: Donald Trump. Uh, a group organization, company, whatever it is. Uh, there's a tax fraud prosecution going on. And um, New York prosecutors accused the Trump organization of years of a long tax fraud scheme that paid company executives off the books, allowing them to avoid paying hundreds of thousands of dollars in state and federal taxes, according to the indictment. Alan Weisselberg, the company's longtime chief financial officer, was the largest beneficiary of the scheme, prosecutors allege, which allowed him to receive about $1.76 million in untaxed income. Now, let's get to the uh, part of the story that you're not hearing on the mainstream media, and that is, first of all, it doesn't involve Trump. They're, they're trying everything they can to make it sound like that Trump is actually himself being indicted. This is somebody that worked for Trump, ran one of the, his organization, whatever it is. And, of course, they want to use him as a stepping stone to get to Trump. That's all they want. They don't want Trump to run for president again. So everybody's coming after him with this. And here's what's going to happen, I believe, in this story, as well as almost everything where they've come after Trump. They're going to find that, yeah, there's going to be some little discrepancies here. And from what I've heard, that it's really about um, only like cars, company cars and things like that, which most companies, you know, they do that. And they they really are nitpicking and one point seven six million in untaxed income to the Trump organization. That's a small amount of money. That's like. Maybe a couple of thousand dollars in you or my's life, or maybe even only a couple of hundred, really, if you put it in perspective, a $1.76 million in untaxed income. Come on. That's a slap on the wrist. You need to pay taxes on the $1.76 and be done with it. Or 
go to court and prove that you shouldn't have to pay taxes on it, which will probably end up happening. I doubt Trump's legal people, you know, would allow something like that. And if it did, it's like it's minute. It really is. But they are making this out. I mean, if you look at the headlines on this, oh, my God, it's insane. What and, and, and across the media, I'll just give you a highlight here. Trump org charged with tax crimes. Yeah, OK, right. Weisselberg in cuffs. You know, evidence unveiled. Go on to say some of these. Trump's former execs wonder if it's beginning of the end. You think that is a slimy headline? Yeah. Trump's former execs wonder if it's the beginning of the end. The beginning of the end of what? Well, we know exactly what they wanted to be the end of. Trump having any chance of running for president again, because they know, they all know that if Trump does run on the Republican ticket for president, it will be a landslide victory. I think enough people now have realized, even a lot of lefties have realized that they have been totally bamboozled by a group of people that basically implanted a brain-dead president into the office and a chuckle C, chuckle rhymes with Hunt, as vice president, an incompetent chuckle chick. Give me a break. And you get Joe Biden. So I'm sitting next to Ron DeSantis having a meeting about the tragic condo collapse in uh, Miami. And the look on his face and the look on Ron DeSantis's face. It's going to be interesting to see if Ron DeSantis makes any kind of comment about the mental condition of the president. I'm still waiting for that. Nobody's really done that. I'm kind of surprised. I thought Vladimir Putin would have done that by now. He's, he's already being all brazen and bold and slapping at the United States, you know. And, but yet, I didn't really hear him make any comments, you know, about the fact that Joe Biden is not all there. You know, and I wonder, I wonder if that will come out at some point, if, if, if Putin feels the need, if the United States does at some point slap Russia around, slap Putin around for overstepping, crossing a line in the sand, if you know what I mean, some of the things he's done or will do in the future. So it's interesting. And this uh, the tax uh, fraud thing with the Trump thing, I really believe it's just another, and I even think that people have become Trump-charged you know, overload, you know, it's just like, well, they've tried to get them on so many things and none of it seems to go through. Maybe there is some truth to the fact that it's not true and that they are just picking on Trump, trying to destroy Trump's reputation because he's a powerful political operative in the world now. And no matter what, he may end up being president again if they can't knock him off legally. It's the only way they can do it. You know what I'm saying? All right, man. We'll lighten this thing up in the final segment. Eggman Radio Addiction. We'll be back. Don't touch it. Keep your hands off of it.
Oh, the Indian takeaway. Over-ordering is never a mistake. You've got to have prawn puri and a taka dal and a garlic naan. But what if I go hungry? Mm, better get a Rogan Josh in as well. The delivery arrives. It's £93.48, love. You stare in awe at the creaking stack of metal tins. Looks like curry for breakfast again. Magic! You crack open a bottle of ice-cold Cobra with a smile. <laughs> cobra. Brewed with less fizz to go perfectly with curry. Love curry. Love Cobra. When you came in, the air went out. And every shadow filled up with doubt. I don't know who you think you are, but before the night is through. Do bad things to you. Man, oh man, sometimes, you know, your brain just does not work like it's supposed to. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> okay, so in a horrifying incident, a 25-year-old Iraqi chef fell into a giant vat of chicken soup, sustaining third-degree burns over 70% of his body. Uh, several Middle Eastern outlets reported he succumbed to his injuries after five days of suffering. Isa Ismail was making chicken soup for a wedding party on uh, the 15th of June in Iraq's northern district. Boy, look how long it takes the news to get out, right? <laughs> I mean, not that long, but it's still longer than uh, what we get here. If that happened here, man, it would be all over the place. There would be 15 news outlets sitting out front of the uh, restaurant and, or the commissary, wherever this was made. And uh, when he slipped and fell into the vat, Ismail, a father of three, was preparing food for a wedding when the incident happened. And this is one of those stories, too, that it's weird, you know, when you have humor in a story where somebody dies, you know, and it's like, and it's almost like, well, you have to wait a certain amount of time before you can, you know, present it as a humor story. And it will be. I mean, this is going to be a uh, late night topic and they'll have to handle it carefully you know, right at first here. A little careful around the edges, if you know what I'm saying. You don't want to make a mistake and talk bad about something like this, you know. It's because it's a man died, and he suffered. And it's just, it's terrible, the thought of that. You fall into a giant vat. Might as well just be boiling water. And by the time you could climb out, you know, you you're you're so badly burned... Man, 70% of your body. So his head was probably not burnt, So, which is even worse because he probably know what was going on. Good God, it's terrible. It's just absolutely frightening. It really is. Just one of those things, man. <laughs> oh, my goodness me. Well, um, so he was rushed to a hospital, and uh, after battling severe burns for several days, man, he died. It's a terrible way to end the story. I have a show. I thought it was going to be better than that. You spend most of your time inside your own head. Make sure it's a nice place to be. Email radioaddiction at mail.com. Eggman over and out. That wraps up another Eggman Radio Addiction. See ya.